0: Welcome to episode 69 of Coffee Pods and Wads and the second in a three-part series brought to you by Wade. Find a way is focus on overcoming and sacrifice and last week's episode with Tide Lawless and Sam Stewart is on all the usual platforms as well as on YouTube. For the love of God, please go and subscribe and like the videos on YouTube because at the minute there's kids in my class with more subscribers than me and it's absolutely pathetic. Um, Wade makes stomach-friendly, ultra-gentle protein to aid your recovery and they've got a vegan range now as well if you've got beef with beef they've um also started running an online competition with the best and brightest in the uk and irish crossfit scene the pro-am and we found on their instagram and it looks like a savage idea so if you're looking for something to focus your training and the opportunity to uh be on a team with the likes of emma quade mickey smith sam tyke pd they've got you covered um you can use the code coffee pods all caps for 25 percent off the products on their website including their new liquid chalk range and the show is also sponsored, as always, by Ollie Clothing, Burbox Coaching Development, the Gymnastics Programme, and Rain Body Fuel, and I love them all. Um, this week's guest is Roger Gilross. He's the founder of the Norwegian Championships, among other events. Uh, Roger has his finger of the pulse of CrossFit. He loves it, and it shows. Uh, we chat about his approaching fatherhood, uh, his roots in the sport, and how it helped him recover from a life-altering injury, as well as running his own sanctional and the future of the sport. Uh, enjoy listen share and tag uh, thanks for doing this um i really appreciate it it's great um i think there's there's a lot of things i liked about the norwegian sanction of last year i think like there there was a cool vibe of like kind of tightness like it was nice and like you know it was a spectacle but it was still like seemed very close-knit and very uh I don't know what you call it like it was kind of boutique compared to some of the other sanctionals. i think filthy kind of had that a bit as well where it was like there was a v- real community feel to it
1: yeah that was the the plan and the idea of first off doing something different And uh, if we do something different try to make it really like a community event and really to feel that this pure crossfit for everybody mm. and uh, Yeah, this was uh, we we were really happy what how how it ended up. So yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Do you drink a lot of coffee? Huh? Do you drink a lot of coffee? No. None. Just naco.
1: I drink naco. Yeah. I, I I'm actually that person that have never tasted a cup of coffee. What? What?
0: Like never? Not even like. Someone else had one you tasted. Why is it? Do you not like the smell or something?
1: I like to t- I like to smell a lot. <laughs> well,
0: would the lo- next logical step not be to taste it and see if you like well, that? I
1: tasted, then uh, it didn't taste like it was smelling.
0: OK, so, I get you.
1: But I, I live uh, from my hometown in Sweden. I'm Swedish. Yeah. I live in Norway. And uh, my hometown, uh, my parents' apartment, is 50 meters from uh, the, the most famous coffee uh, maker in Sweden, Uvalia. Every time you go out, you smell the coffee. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. And what's it like? So I had Kristen and Andrea on, and they were kind of praising the the Norwegian coffee scene. Like, are you even conscious of anything like that? Then, if you don't drink it, I assume you still hang out with people who drink coffee. You I, know,
1: I worked in the the restaurant business, the nightclub business for many many years, so I have made a lot of coffee, and I'm a barista. I actually am a barista, uh, so so I know a lot about coffee, and uh, I know. So coffee. is it hard? Is it hard
0: then if you're a barista and you're so, you know, I know a lot of baristas will make. They'll dial in their machine first thing in the morning. They'll like make sure it's everything's tasting all right or whatever. So you are just like, oh, it tastes fucking horrible. It must be working okay. No, it, it's,
1: it's it's the smell and the feeling and um and all, all the stuff. They like coffee, so I make. Yeah, it yeah, it. that's fair. It's the same thing for me. Even when I make uh, make food, uh, I'm a, I don't eat fish. I don't eat so much vegetables. And uh, but I'm really good at making food and uh, even food that I don't like so I can still appreciate or understand the tastes and uh, as a former bartender it's the same thing Uh, you can understand the taste but you don't really it's the same in CrossFit, programming like Mm. you you don't like all the workouts but you understand why they make it and what you want to do and You can still do nice programming except without actually like it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um why did you move to Norway from Sweden?
1: The girl, the wife. But she's Swedish as well. She she wanna go to Norway for work for six months and uh make some extra cash, then she would go to Thailand for a year or two. Uh so it was the plan was six months. Now it's eight years. <laughs> uh, so
0: no regrets, though, right?
1: I love I love Norway. Norway is uh, is a nice company, a nice country for making your own business. Uh, it's a nice country for having uh, new ideas and uh, be able to do them and be able to be creative and be able to. They really support people that want to do something they yeah. want this guy want to work let him work
0: yeah
1: give him money let him work yeah uh, sweden are a little bit different they like uh, oh you want to work you want to be a good guy oh that's dangerous he's going to take our job
0: okay
1: it's, it's totally different even if we were really, really close so so yeah
0: um do you listen to a lot of podcasts?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of yeah, different kinds. Everything from I'm a, I'm a daddy in 13 days, who's counting, uh, and uh, and Crossfits for sure, and uh, training and health and I, I, I listen to a lot of vlogs on YouTube because I like movies, so well yeah. actors and actors and all that
0: How do you feel about your impending arrival then, about this baby coming? Hmm? How do you feel about the baby coming?
1: It's like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm as ready as you can be. And uh, I'm really excited. And uh, I see it as a, I see it like so many people are telling their stories Complaining, not complaining. It's gonna change your life. You will never be able to train again. You will never be able to be a person for the first three years. And me, my wife, she really, we really. She's she did Miko's triangle three days ago. She did a nice uh, deadlift, clean, and burpee biker workout yesterday, and she's like in doomed 13 days. So yeah. we we're like. We're pretty ready and we are excited to see the, the truth behind being a parent. Yeah, Is this- I think
0: like you get out of it what you put in. I think like you're it's the same as everything else. If you're if you go into it with the attitude of like, Oh, here we go, my life's fucking over now for the next few years, I'm mm-hmm. sure it will be like. You know, it's the same as if you're coming home from work and you you're telling yourself you're too tired to train then yeah you, like you're just telling yourself you know you're going to it's a self fulfilling prophecy like so if you go into it with the attitude of like oh, I'm going to be so fucking tired I'll never be able to do that again yeah you probably will be because it's like letting that voice take over like yeah I'm pretty fucking tired but like I still go to the gym I still see my friends I still uh go to work or whatever like but I think the the, the big shift I've noticed is that like <clears throat> other stuff becomes so much less like Important, like other stuff becomes so like becomes like kind of obstacles in the way of getting home. Like you know, whereas before I would have been like, oh, if I'm not home till seven, or eight o'clock in the evening, I don't really care. Whereas now, when I'm at work, as soon as I get to work, I'm like, right, five hours, and I get to go home. Like you know, like your my mindset has shifted to there's inconveniences in the way of family time. Whereas before, it was like family time made up a bit of my day. Whereas now because of the baby it's like everything else is kind of in the way a little bit and I want to get home faster and like my What's uh, the age of your baby? she's like nine months old.
1: Oh wow, congratulations. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah, no, it is it's good. It it like I think the, the shift in mindset is the biggest thing that I've noticed. And I know one of my friends had a baby around the same time and he said the same thing to me. He was like, Work is a total fucking inconvenience now. Whereas before it was like, you know, it took up ninety percent of your week was taken up at work because, oh, I have to get this shit sorted. I have to get that shit sorted. And now it's kind of like, yeah, I finished work an hour ago. I don't want to think about it again until I wake up tomorrow morning and have to go and do it again, like, you know?
1: Yeah, I understand.
0: Uh, We have a a
1: good way of approaching the whole pregnancy. And we do it as a a team Mm. we do it as everything. And my wife, she's like, she she doesn't like pizza. She doesn't like uh, junk food. She doesn't like that's not a, like a go to thing if she feels bad. Go to go to thing for her if she feels bad is like sleep or fruit or exercise.
0: Yeah,
1: so when she got her craving and she didn't have a craving, she had like when she feels like she's down, she visits friends or take a walk or do some exercise. So she, she doesn't, she didn't have any cravings, anything needed, So she had a The first 13 weeks she went down eight kilos (laughs) so she lost eight kilos so she was really bad but after after that she was stable and from the week 14 she's been like perfect pregnancy so
0: yeah i think i was really excited about like selfishly i was like oh it's gonna be great now when pregnancy really kicks in. She's going to want so much chocolate. And so there's going to be so much shit in the house and like literally didn't want
1: anything. I was fucking uh, great. I them. bought them all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be the best that to be. You can be. I was I went to the shop, a big grocery shop. But I bought all everything. I want 300 euros, 400 euros of things she probably would have craving on. And uh, it ended up that I had to eat it up.
0: So she she lost eight kilos and you gained eight kilos.
1: Yeah, almost. I, I was like the first three months was like bad training for me because it was the COVID-19 beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I had to eat all those calories, those 50,000 calories I bought. Um, uh,
0: social media is like, I think it's becoming increasingly important for like say athletes and event organizers and people like that, especially with COVID and stuff. Like there was a lot of initiatives started up. Like I know you were kind of involved with the United movement and stuff like that. Um, And I suppose like trying to stay in touch and maintain momentum of brands that are built up and, you know, relationships that are built up. Is that something that you've like, that's kind of kept you busy during say the last eight, nine months?
1: Yeah. For me it was early in the covid 19 uh, situation when they break out and it started with the lockdowns I'm a, I'm a pretty restless guy so and i love my training but i don't love training i love crossfit and it's not the, the way that the, the community and the, uh you are part of something and uh, I, I talk to my friends doing the training guys i do burpees and air squats in the living room i don't do burpees and air squats in the living room just do my training sorry i'm i'm too lazy i'm too uh, it, uh, that's not my thing i don't have that motivation so my wife told me if you don't figure something out i'm gonna kick you out because i was like all over the place and then i, I was i i me and a friend, like let's do a competition based on the home, the, the, what you have at home. So I did the, the living room showdown, Norwegian living room throwdown Yeah, yeah. And uh, just and I think I'm gonna do it like it's a sanctional. So I did a logo, I did a competition corner, I did everything and uh i launched it and i called phil haskett uh hey phil do you want to program my id what living room he was like Aah. who's gonna who, who's gonna who's gonna join i don't know maybe a hundred people and just for fun he was like ah, okay i can do it whatever and we did it together um we had eight thousand six hundred people that's bad So I was busy the first the first worst months of COVID uh was the living room throwdown. After that was uh the living room throwdown was something that the United Movement and the CrossFit uh homepunk was like build-off because Mm Everything started with the living room and CrossFit talked to me and Matt O'Keefe and uh, Darina and everybody was like, let's do something more. This is a super idea. Let's do something bigger. And so the social media parts and uh, United Movement and CrossFit and uh, Living Room Throwdown and a couple of other online uh, social media based competition or act- active activities was like survival for me. Mm-hmm uh f- to keep my fitness alive uh,
0: yeah
1: otherwise i will. Uh, and and i'm at 193 centimeters and almost 100 kilo guys so air squats and burpees or that's not my thing uh, but now that's almost my strength in crossfit uh, so burpees and air squats and box jumps and step ups and uh all that thing that i really really hate before is like Ah, yeah. bring it! Because I compete a lot as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, hmm. you did. It, you were doing qualifiers, was it the other day, or was that an online competition?
1: Uh, I was doing. Uh, uh, there was a, a competition for uh, in here in Norway. It was an online uh, competition. How did that go? Of Battle of West. So it was. I'm forty. <laughs> so I'm turning forty in October in a couple of days. So, all the other guys was 25, 26, 27. So, we uh, we ended up in uh, 16 place of uh, 32. Uh, And uh, we only did uh, one, one, one and done. So, I think we could maybe get a little bit better. But yeah. 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 Well, we went good. I'm happy. We're happy. We are old guys, and other guys are young. So, we had one goal is to beat the young the young fit guys in the our gym. And, yeah yeah. Uh, we were gonna beat him in one workout and we did that in the first workout so that was uh, tough yeah.
0: Job. What was your pre-CrossFit then? Had you any sporting interests like before you started training CrossFit or
1: was it was that your uh, for me it's like I I did training, tie boxing and football for many years when I was a young guy and and I stopped training actually uh, did some Thai boxing and played football for fun uh, I lived in Greece for uh, seven years in, uh Rhodes Island I had an accident uh, a motorbike accident so I was in a wheelchair for one year and went on the crutches for three years and I only was, i am uh, some kilos. I was 58 kilos. So was there,
0: has there been any, say, long term effects of that? Like a year is a long time to be in a wheelchair.
1: Three years, yeah.
0: And was there any long term effects? Like, say, now, do you ever have any?
1: Yeah, I have. Like, from the insurance company, I have seven percent. 17% uh, invul- invalid, or whatever its name is. Yeah. So I've really, I lost uh, I, 10 centimeters of bone in my leg, and I break my shoulder and I tied off my my uh, quad muscle, and uh, my hand broke. So the doctors told me 2011, Roger, you will never walk without crutches. You will always have crutches. You have to accept it, uh, otherwise you will get uh, depressed. And my daddy told me, hey, we will not accept that. Let's do it, let's try it. And I was 58 kilos, we started at the gym, we started doing training. And uh, so it was like you something I had to do to survive. And today it's uh, my way of life. It's mm. my big passion of life. So. Uh, I didn't do so much weightlifting. i never done so much weightlifting. Or I did a bodyweight training, football and Thai boxing. And mm. So CrossFit and all these lifting things is something really new for me. Uh, I've done it for four or five years now. And, uh, uh, but the body control, like handstand walk and muscle-ups and uh, handstand push-ups, all that is pretty easy for me. I, I learned it really fast. So. So um, this just this, this heavy lifting, that is not my thing, but I can control it pretty good. Power side. So, yeah.
0: and the Norwegian championships then, was it like? Did you spot a gap in the market, or was it a case of like you had something and it kind of grew and grew and then kind of evolved into the championships?
1: Thing is, I come from nightclub business. I do nightclubs and concerts and big shows, and that's where I come from. Mm. Twenty years experience doing massive events—ten thousand people, fifteen thousand people, twenty thousand people. And when I started with CrossFit, I started with a competition only two weeks after I started, and I was like in a competition in Sweden. It's like, oh fuck, I love this. This is my thing. And uh, when I came home to Norway, I was like, let's do a competition in Norway. I was really bad <laughs> but uh, I, lo- I still love i always love to compete yeah uh, so i went to a competition in, in norway it was so bad it was like for me as an event guy i was like it was bad for the public it was bad for the judges it was bad for the athletes it was bad for the sponsors it was bad for everybody it was like anybody else doing something better and norway was like it was small competitions, and there was some where the best athletes went to. But it's still, I felt like you could do it so much better if you put some extra effort. And uh, so early in my first year of CrossFit, I did. My, I arranged my first uh, CrossFit competition. It was eighty athletes outside Oslo, ten minutes, and was uh, really, really good. Really happy. I learned a lot, and I. So for me, well, I started small, and I went to 150 athletes, or 250 athletes, or 350 athletes, and then I moved from the city up to the ski resort at a, at a summer event. Yeah. Uh, and when I started with the marketing for the summer event, I did it international focus. So I was everything was in English. I win a really love movies and uh, some. Uh, cash for the price pool um, then i got a call from crossfit uh, they asked me if i, I if i was interested enough being a part of the sanctional series
0: was that on your radar before they asked
1: i would lie if i would say no yeah. but i uh, i will never believe that it would go so fast my yeah. first my first thing was like Maybe I would try to get licensed by CrossFit just yes, because I want to do CrossFit and I really support CrossFit. I love CrossFit it's mm. because that helped me a lot for my my injury and everything but of course the prime thing to do of a CrossFit organizer is a sanction or games mm. uh, so it was pretty easy choice for me to accept it and the extra thing you have to do as a sanctional, uh, the size and everything. Uh, I didn't see any problems because I have done it, but not in CrossFit, I've done it in concerts or whatever, rest. Yeah. I'm not afraid of live stream. I'm not afraid of international travels or, because that was the biggest thing, was to get 30, 31 different countries, up to a mountain outside Norway. It's yeah. not like f- five minutes outside Oslo. It's like three hours up in the mountain, mm. 1,001 meters up, and like 10 miles and five meters snow. So
0: <laughs> uh, You had Phil Hesketh uh, program the event. How did you end up linking up with him or what, what started that relationship? That was actually...
1: I was think, I did a lot of programming myself in the beginning, from the beginning of my competitions. But then I felt I want to do something. I want to go. I need to be sure that I'm doing the right thing. Mm. Now it's like really the next level. And I I'm a fan of pure old school CrossFit. I like I like I like open workouts. I like benchmarks. I like. Uh, he were workouts. That's my thing. I will really enjoy those. That, that kind of programming. And and I heard of Phil and Phil was in a team with Cindy Krugsta, and uh, and And I know Cindy and Elle since from early. And I met them in Lowlands. I was there as uh, I was invited uh, by uh, the guys from Lowlands Robbie. And uh, I was starting to talk to Sine uh, at the competition. Uh, who's going to do your program? I don't know yet, but you should talk to Phil. And uh, oh, he do programming? Yeah, he has to prepare it. And I was like asking around and I was reading about it and I saw I was really focused on pure CrossFit. And he says like, uh, old, OG, old school CrossFit dude. And uh, I, I was like, hey, Phil, you want to talk about programming Norwegian Crossing Championship? He went, hell yeah. <laughs> so it was like, we just met in the stairs at the competition and like, okay, I really like your vibe and, and uh, he really want to do a, a program or sanctional event. So I do often a feel the vibe when I tell something. Hey, dude, you want to do a podcast with me? Ah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what yeah. time. Okay, fuck it. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if you ask me i want to do balance yeah absolutely let's do it yeah then i want to do it you want to do it it's difficult to be bad so yeah and uh so i'm really happy with phil he's a really good guy and he's like the totally opposite for me how he's do you like, mean he's the opposite uh, he's so calm <laughs> almost annoying and he walks slow <laughs> But his if, talk, someone's, if
0: someone's walk is pissing you off then...
1: <laughs> it's like sometimes like hey let's walk faster you're like games athlete you should be yeah. like fast everywhere
0: you should sprint everywhere he's yeah. Fast.
1: Yeah. 3, 2, 1, go, he's fast yeah, let's yeah. take a walk he's slow Yeah,
0: <laughs> he saves uh, his energy yeah. Yeah,
1: and I walk fast and I, I am fast and I live fast and I talk fast and I talk a lot and he's like
0: Roger, you talk so much. Yeah, As as an organizer then, like, so if you're, obviously you've got, I suppose, you've got two hats on when you're at the event. So you've got like the organizer, the person who like needs it to be a success and needs it to be the best event it can be or whatever. But then you've also got like a CrossFit fan hat on where you want to see a good event and you want to see like, people throw down and you know you've got that kind of the giddiness about the event i suppose as well like as an organizer what was your favorite event of the competition and why was it your favorite
1: uh, I, I like concepts so the the, the data event was my f- i i told phil phil i wanna i i really want to use three machines at the same event and I want to do something like acid bat on Dubai. I want to, ha- I want to really do something like that. And uh, he was like, okay, let me uh, think about something. And we played around with some things and ended up with uh, this 5,000 meter biker and you have to do uh, extra reps on the minutes. And uh, I actually did that event on the competition because there was an empty slot and I was... <laughs> fuck it, I have to feel it. So I often do that. I often uh, if there's an empty slot, I jump in to feel the programming feel how it feels for athletes and, and, uh, and for me as a organizer, that's, I think that is something that gives me a full understanding of how it feels from the spectator, how it feels from the athlete, how mm. it feels to be a judge, how it feels to be a partner as a sponsor. And I think all those four parts is equal important yeah. for the future of the, uh, of the sport, the sport CrossFit. Mm. Uh, so me as an organizer and I, I compete maybe if outside COVID-19 times, i compete five, six, seven times a year. Yeah. from all over the world. I was like in UK and compete and been in uh, Miami. I was in Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland. So, and, uh, so I think I have a really, I think I have a good understanding of what, does, what, what makes a good competition for all parts as a fan, as an athlete, as a spectator, as a sponsor or as a staff. Mm. It's all parts is so important
0: yeah I think Jamie from Filthy was like he was adamant that you know, like the athlete comes first like they have to they have to okay maybe they're not going to enjoy it but like they have to have a good experience of the event like they have to feel like they're valued and feel like they're you know that it's running smoothly for them is like that's the cornerstone number one and cornerstone number two is that like the spectators have enjoyment as well. That there's, you know, that the programming is good. That it's exciting for them. That the spectacle is good. Like that you're able to see everything. That everyone can see everything, and that it's enjoyable. And then mm-hmm. after that is like the the staff, like the volunteers. Do they know what their job is, and are they able to do their job? Like, are they put in a position to do their job? I suppose. But it's always interesting because, like, I suppose from a spectator's point of view, I'd never think about the athletes uh experience of the weekend like i'd always think about like whether or not i'm enjoying it as a spectator and then i suppose on the flip side when i've competed i couldn't give two fucks what the spectators are thinking like i'm pure it's purely like am i am i warming up and cooling down and warming up again because it's running late or am i you know that kind of stuff so i think it's funny the the what you're saying there echoes a lot of what he said as well where um you know and we kind of talked about the similarities between the two events that kind of community feel to it yeah.
1: uh, and me I, I i know jamie a lot and Darina arena even more we talk a lot maybe once a week and uh super guys and i really ir- irritated that i missed their event uh, i was invited but uh, yeah it's it's so important all the parts and um and uh more and more events are starting to understand it and started to understand uh, the importance of all parts not only the athlete or not only the spectators or the sponsors or the live stream or and we didn't an, we did an event actually two months ago around we did a live event in Norway with with 120 athletes is that the and, one with uh, the
0: massive oversized dumbbell was that that one no, where it was Kristen Holten, if you those don't know. It, it was outside.
1: Oh, outside,
0: wasn't it like Andreas salberg and Chris? Oh, no, that was an event in Sweden. Oh, okay,
1: uh, Battle of Vauman, yeah, oh, okay. Uh, Norwegian Throwdown, the summer event, uh, we did that one, and uh, that was the first time I programmed. We did the program. it was not based on the spectators, okay. Uh, we did it a little bit different because we did, we couldn't have more than 40 people watching because of the regulations in Norway. So this was a little bit more easy to program because you don't have to think about the, the, the flow, uh, how mm. to help people will understand it. And we had it online but we had only had it as a super easy one mobile yeah, yeah. shooting on Facebook uh and uh, it was different how to think a little bit more uh, for the athlete and thinking about the athlete and the staff and we didn't have any sponsors either so we didn't have, we only had the alico alico was there so that's our new sponsors the same as 5150
0: it's not a bad one to have in fairness nice gear huh it's not a bad one to have in fairness they have nice gear
1: they uh, pretty nice gear yeah uh, you can't complain about that part and it's a really good company and they're really gonna support crossfit uh the coming years they're gonna put more efforts into the crossfit community so it's gonna be
0: good when you were organizing and arranging the event then and like even say just building the profile of the event and moving it along the different stages that you mentioned earlier on like maybe you know trying to entice international athletes and Coaches and spectators and stuff. Like when you look back on that, like what were the major challenges? Do you think that you faced?
1: For me, for me it was to simplify how they could kind of travel over there because we, I, I had people from Africa, I had people from Mexico, uh, United States, Canada, UK, Europe, for all over the world, thirty-five different countries, kind of. Find a way to Norway to go to move in the airport. And then they're gonna find a way up to the and so many uh so many people wanna go. No, we don't need it because we, we arrange buses from the airport. Now we're gonna rent a car. Okay, have you driven on ice, not snow, ice, and this uh like one thousand one meters up yeah. to the... you have to be like you have to know what you're doing it. You have to have uh, like these metal things, the chains around the tires. Yeah. So for me, it was a stress. I, I only had a stress of making sure that people come up to the hotel <laughs> safe. And people was like, when are the final, when are the prize ceremony? Because I'm going to book a, the, air, the the flight home. Don't book it three hours after the price ceremony because it could be a snowstorm, there could be I don't know, mooses on the on the, it's like you have to have six, seven, eight hours to play with. So for me it was the biggest stress was that part. Because we got we didn't have any problems to fill the spots.
0: Is that do you think that was so stressful because it's something you can't really control? Like where you yeah. can control everything else, like you can control who comes and you can control the timing. The you can control the time of the prize giving, but you can't control me booking my flight home. Like so, it's it's is that. Do you think it's relinquishing control that you didn't like, like leaving it up to someone else, kind of?
1: Yeah, because they you 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 don't play with snow, ice, <laughs> snowstorm. Snowstorm is not rainstorm. Yeah, snowstorm is like you can't drive. Yeah. It can you can come three hours to three meters of snow in a half an hour. Mm. Then, you, then you're fucked and then, you, then you're on the hotel for three days. Yeah. And uh, and when, when people going to travel to Africa, we had a woman from Africa, from Namibia, and she had never seen or felt snow in her life. She was like, like oh, it's going to be cold. Yeah, oh, it's going to be snow. Yeah. Real snow. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. So it's going to be snow, the white things in frost. Yeah. I've never I have never felt snow in my life. The first thing I want to do is to make a snow angel. So we did it. We, did, we actually did it together. I have it on my Instagram. So me and her, we did it together, and that was the biggest stress. We even had an event outside.
0: Uh, was it hard? Was insurance and stuff like that hard? Would say like that ski slope event. Like, was it hard to get insurance and stuff sort of for that? Or is it? Oh, no, because we did
1: it. Only did a running.
0: Okay.
1: We had we had IDs we are crazy <laughs> yeah Bob said we're gonna have skiing we're gonna have uh, downhill it's not solemn Oops. but yeah well, we ended up with uh, a really really cool and nice three and a half K run
0: yeah I was thinking when you were talking about that girl from Africa I was like I'd say she wasn't too fucking fond of snow at the end of that <laughs> and she's probably like yeah I've had my fill now. there that's enough uh,
1: people love that run because yeah. uh, because the, spe- up, the spectacle
0: in- of it Yeah, they could
1: run up the mountain. The the owner of the hotel was standing in a a classic Norwegian outfit with the the shotgun. Three, two, one. Go! And the snowmobiles on the sides, the snowmobile in front of the pack, snowmobile in the back, camera guys in the snowmobile. That feeling is like, look at that. Yeah, yeah. That feeling when you do a run. And you have a snowmobile, and a guy is sitting reversed and 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 having a camera. That that like people went like sprint, yeah. and then he started walking. <laughs> the, the so no, it, uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it, and and uh, of course that was a stressful thing, but it went really good, and uh, we were really happy with the results. and. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting though, because even like that event, like, you know, probably not great for spectators because unless you're going to run alongside the athletes, you're only going to see a certain amount of it. But mm. like, if you even if you just put yourself in the athletes' positions, like that's something that you'd never forget doing by well, like, taking part in. Like, you might forget the 5k on the bike indoors in two years time someone might remind you like oh yeah i kind of remember that whereas if someone says oh do you remember the time you did the ski slope run like it's instantaneous there's going to be like memories that will never fade for people like think that girl going back to africa being like i ran off a ski slope like
1: i saw a a podcast from a guy from spain from the athlete the athlete team the athlete programming i think One of those guys has a podcast, and he was like asked which his best CrossFit memory was from uh, from uh, 2020, and it was like the Norwegian CrossFit Championship, and that Mm. the, the run, the run was like epic because when you come up the mountain, it's like you can see for I don't know. So many, so many 10,000 times of mm-hmm. kilometers. It's like never ending. It's a mountains of mountains. I guess you can, we we'll probably see hundred mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh, to do that together with really, really good athletes from all over the world. People from Mexico running up in the snow. They are asking, can, can you run in your uh, nanos? No. You should have a trail shoes. You should have some really good grip oh it's gonna be slippery <laughs> buddy it's snow <laughs> you're gonna get go up from a ski slope yes. it's like yeah so and uh but people had too much coats on so they have like winter jackets
0: and
1: yeah yeah so this was a nice weather it was not so cold and uh it was nice to see the start because it was up the mountain and the end was down on the backside and people coming running really fast Except Roly, Roly who was not walking. What, actually, uh, actually one girl. I have to say, actually one the girl started five minutes after the boys. As one girl that cut up to Roly and one over Roly, so five minutes. And then, awesome.
0: yeah. Um. What's the best event? Then you mentioned that you've done other events. What's the best event you've taken part in? Is there something that you view as like? okay, if I was to do it again, I want to surpass that event or I want to be at the level... Of event. A competition. Competition.
1: Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, mm. I did a uh, grotlet in Woodapalooza. Yeah. Even if I just landed from a 14-hour flight and I had 20 minutes from the cab to the competition floor, yet uh, set and everything, I was like, to be a part of probably the biggest CrossFit festival in the world. i just be a part of it and be on that competition floor was so epic. It was so cool. Uh, and uh, that was probably the best CrossFit experience I had in my life. Uh, because that was like 45,000 people, six, seven, eight arenas,
0: yeah, it's insane.
1: Crossfit everywhere. was like, was, that was really really cool. Uh, the same thing as a as a small event in Sweden. called Sweden Summer Throwdown. It's on the uh, the bayside in Sweden. It's about just the next some beaches. It's a really nice uh, team team of three competition. Mm. And uh, I love team competitions and I have done that competition three or four years in a row it's really really nice it's like but I, they play around a little bit with CrossFit and have a they don't do only old school they try to tune and tweak and do something yeah, yeah. new and odd objects and uh, swim runs and uh, stand-up paddleboard and jumping rope two-person jumping rope uh, jumping and so it's, you can you never understand what you, you always get it like the same day. Yeah, yeah. Today you're going to do stand up paddleboard. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, In order to get the Norwegian championships to where it is, then is there sacrifices you had to make or do you think it was just consistent, hard work like?
1: Well, the sacrifice for our part this year, the last time was we chose to be at a spot that will probably would give us some extra exposure on the media for being on a, a ski resort and snow and pushing that element and that was like a struggle from our sponsors because we didn't we couldn't have five six seven eight thousand people on the stands we could have 400 mm. 400 was full yeah. Uh, so it was a big discussion between my me and my partners of Roger. Should we go to Oslo have a Super Arena? No, I was like decided and and um, to have a a unique event that really uh, really showed uh, what Scandinavia are famous of: the nature and the winter and the snow and Norway are. Really famous of it, so the big that was a big sacrifice, and uh, but I think in the end we had we didn't get so much people on site, but if you look at the numbers of the exposure on social media and on live streams, and uh, we had like a lot higher than many other events that had like super arenas so or in the middle of a big city, our numbers was really good, and I think because we really. Did a lot of work on the social media and uh, and uh, did, did a lot of marketing and we had a good people that supported us. Uh, Craig Ritchie, Morning Chalk Up, Talkit Fitness, everybody was there and they really take a They really helped us to make it big enough so our sponsors were happy.
0: Yeah, I would have gone if I was asked, but I've already been. Exposure to another like three or four people, so probably wouldn't have been worth a while. <laughs> next time,
1: next, time. Yeah. next um,
0: time, have your own boots. Yeah. Speaking of um, next time, obviously, like there's been so many changes at HQ. You've got like, say Dave and then Eric taking over. Like then you've got. Covid and everything that came with that And all the events being postponed, cancelled, pushed back And then a lot of rumours and a lot of like Oh apparently this is happening and you know I heard this is happening and he said She said kind of stuff Like do you have Kind of a Like a sense of foreboding about The future of sanctions and stuff or Are you, because I know I read A couple of quotes that you gave when Eric took over Saying how thrilled you were and like that it's in Good hands and that kind of stuff on a, a few Different like media outlets and stuff but like, obviously, with big change in that area, it's obviously going to affect other things. And he's been quite, uh, quite honest, I suppose, about like how he's not sure like what's going to happen. And then I think Dave has been pretty open about how he's not maybe the biggest fan of sanctionals. Like that, he's you know, he's constantly doing like regional throwbacks and stuff. So he's pretty clear where his mind is at. Like as an event organizer and someone who's built something up to be a sanctional are you kind of worried about the future of it or are you like no i'm i'm happy with where i've gotten to and i'll move on to the next challenge with it whatever it is or are you determined to still remain a part of the landscape if you know what i mean
1: honestly um uh, we had meetings with the dave of- uh, almost, I have meeting with Dave and Justin and uh, the HQ and the sanctionals directors a couple of times, and we had a meeting last just for a week ago, where they explain how what they want to do for the 2021 season, and it's going to be a, a big change uh, again, and uh, but will not be a change that we are not used to, so. And uh, it's going to be a, a blow for us sanctional directors just uh, on the on the path to games. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, if you want to go, if you if we as a sanctional directors want to work with CrossFit and do com- competitions together with Cross, it's going to be a lot of different uh, options. Okay. So whatever happens, uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna, I'm never gonna stop. Doing CrossFit competition, and uh, I'm going to work with CrossFit as yeah. long as they have that approach that they have right now and that uh, vision that, uh, together with Eric and and uh, some of the uh, original staff, as uh, Justin Berg or Dave Castro, they, they presented a really solid idea, and uh, I really like the new format. And uh, hopefully, I'm gonna. Uh, of course, we wanna have the golden ticket to the games. Mm. And I think me as I have my region is Scandinavia. Uh, that's what it says on my contract. Uh, uh, Scandinavia and uh, Sweden, Norway, Finland together. We have a big chunk of the total amount of open uh, athletes. If you write, if you count on the numbers, and I, I, I would, I would really. It would be wrong to not to have an event in Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, I think. I think it's a a place where you should have a sanctional event or what it's going to be called. And uh, because of the attendings from open or regionals or games or sanctionals or podium spots, Scandinavia has always been a, a strong position. And yeah, it's stressful. It's a little bit stressful. Is it kind of of
0: made worse when the idea that they have is an idea that you like when it's not? So like, say, if they're... Everybody "Mm -hmm." used to like, like,
1: fuck that idea. I don't don't believe it. See ya.
0: Yeah, it's easier when it's that way. Like, when you could be like, no, that's shit. Like, my idea is better. Yeah.
1: Uh, Of course. But for me, uh, I'm, I'm not so egoistic. I think for me, it's really, really, really important that CrossFit finds their way back to what they are and should be, and what how people should see CrossFit, the sport. And I really, really hope that uh, Eric and uh, uh, the team behind Eric for uh, really find a way to making it as big as it's. it's supposed to be, because that is why I started with CrossFit. I was watching these CrossFit Games films and I was watching uh, Rich Fronin on his crazy workouts in the barn. And that was like feel my interest of going to affiliate and do my first training. And I had my first team workout and I got the virus, the CrossFit virus. And and I have never had a better life. Mm -hmm. I have never had better friends. I have never had a better fitness and uh, I have never had a better healthy life. Not pure by CrossFit, but what around everything yeah. that to get built of CrossFit. I, I was married for what I got married for one and a half year ago, I think around ish. And of those 65, 65 guests, 30 of them do CrossFit or yeah, yeah. from CrossFit. Yeah. So those were so much more closer than cousins or uh, people that I never talked to. So that explains how what what comes out from the community of CrossFit is like yeah. you really do you really make good friends. Yeah, like you can't cheat. Yeah, you can't cheat in CrossFit. You can if you go to the nightclub, you can say I'll buy a big bottle of champagne, and I say I'm a millionaire. I do whatever. If you can't say I can do Fran in two and a half minutes, okay, do it. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. you can't say you can lift two hundred kilos deadlift. Do it. So it's so naked. It's so built on honesty. Some people do uh, do uh, do steroids and whatever, but they still have to do a lot of workouts. Hmm. it doesn't come for free even if you do some whatever but so yeah i'm I'm a super supporter of crossfit what crossfit gives and uh, i was really really sad when this uh, greg glassman uh, thing exploded and uh, i'm really happy super happy when uh, crossfit found eric rosa found crossfit and they like really went in and did a big rescue and right now it feels like everybody is like let's make it big again yeah so yeah for me it's like really important
0: what's your own say personal plans then for we'll say next year we'll assume a vaccine is found hopefully tomorrow um we'll say like next year like, how do you plan on being part of, say, obviously, you're going to do your own training and your own competitions, like, you know, your own personal stuff. But outside of that, how do you plan on being part of the landscape of CrossFit as suppose globally and in Norway?
1: Yeah, I think uh, me as a Swedish guy living in Norway, but I have a really close ties to Denmark. I want to be a part, I want to be a, a a key person that help the Scandinavian community get some feel that CrossFit are seeing them out there and being a supporter for the community in Scandinavia. And uh, right now it is something I really work with. I travel around to the different affiliate boats. In Sweden, as soon as I can, as much as I can, like during these COVID situations, and in Norway, I try to meet as much members and uh, athletes and affiliate owners as I can, too. Because I, I'm I'm around the table. I get invited to the table of CrossFit, and I talk to the key players in CrossFit almost every week. Mm. And they ask, you ask uh, about the Norwegian community and everything, and my answers are not only my answers yeah, i have yeah. a responsibility as as a part of the table to talk what people think and i i, I do I, I really take that super serious i ask the people what do you, what's what do you think is important what's your issues so or what do you why do you love crossfit or what would you change if you could is it right for me to have the event on a ski resort or should I go to Oslo or Stockholm for let more people to come inside the arena and see the events? So I listened a lot on the people and I tried to gather all the information, all the thoughts and all the concerns from, the, from all over the place. And so when I talk to you or I talk to Dave or Justin or Eric Rose or whatever, I try to be a voice from Scandinavia, uh, and uh, I will really love to see that CrossFit will open a office in Scandinavia, uh, like they have in uh, UK or Germany or France or wherever, because I think uh, the Scandinavian community deserves to have a closer path to the office. And feel the present of CrossFit mm. more, and that's what people said when Scandinavia getting a sanctional. Suddenly, finally, they say us. Finally, they come here and they being a part of uh, the Scandinavian community that is strong. We have twelve thousand people doing open uh, in Scandinavia, mm. Sweden, Norway, Denmark. So it's a lot of people. It was only sixty-six thousand people doing open in Europe so it's one sixth is from scandinavia so hmm. so that is something i really work against as a sanctional director using that position more than just doing a competition
0: yeah hmm. yeah no i think uh, i'm kind of i like i didn't know a lot about you before talking to you i knew obviously that you you know, started the event and that you're the director of the event and stuff. But like, and I knew that you, you know, trained as well. But like, I think I'm impressed with your, uh, I didn't know that about the motorcycle. That's pretty impressive that you came back from that. But even like, you've got the community's values at heart, I think, which is always like admirable because it's easy. So especially when it's a big event and stuff. And when things start to grow, it's easy to start off maybe with that, in mind that you're you know all about the community and you want to grow it and you want to support it and stuff but then it can be easy to kind of lose sight of that and i think it's admirable that you've maintained that like i said at the very start i think yourself and and jamie the two they'd be the two that i'd hold up the two events that i'd hold up as like the community is there and is involved as much as is humanly possible and then after that like you say the, the athletes are important and everything else mm-hmm. but i think it's admirable that you've kept that you know the no good of the community at the center of it and i think it's clear from what you're saying that conversations you're having on behalf of the community are showing that as well so i think i wish you luck with everything that you've got going on and with the what seems to me like a regional in scandinavia that you're hinting at hopefully it comes off because <laughs> i think that'd be pretty cool to see yeah
1: it's not if it's not going to be an event in scandinavia it's going to be something in scandinavia yeah and uh, uh yeah yeah i
0: think so i really hope so, so. well look um thanks million best of luck and thanks, rest of your I'm, gonna, I'm gonna
1: drink a coffee tonight only because of you i'm gonna try a coffee today
0: yeah tag me on instagram if you do <laughs> tag <laughs> me tag me on instagram when you're, you're like puking into the sink uh,
1: yeah and i can't <laughs> sleep for, for a week because
0: all <laughs> of the caffeine. cheers man thanks very much thank you buddy bye bye bye